Hey, listeners, you're listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Nightmare Junkhead! With Genius McGee and Greg D. I'm Gigi Sal Guerrero from Lucha Gore Productions. <laughs> Gore is love, baby. Weaving in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that appreciates all forms of dance, especially the lambada. My name is Greg D. Oosh, I'm Genius McGee. <laughs> and on today's episode, we're throwing on some tights and working on our lifts as we jump into Luca Guadagnino's remake of Suspiria. But before we get into that, let me remind you, we are part of the Boom Howdy podcast network. Boom Howdy. You can find our episodes at BoomHowdy.com, or the easiest way to listen in is to simply search for Nightmare Junkhead in your iTunes or SoundCloud app, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your mother hole. And you can also follow us along at, very good, I usually will occasionally get you on my intro on that, but you got me on that one there. Uh, you can also follow us along on social media. Uh, we are on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And speaking of all sorts of shenanigans here, it's really interesting that this episode, it finds us talking and reviewing a film that is in the theater Yeah, that is either a you know remake or a sequel to... A film uh, that is at least 40 years old. Exactly. But but, but, three weeks ago, we released our Halloween. Halloween, Yeah, it's like deja vu. It's insane how this is. But it's weird because they're 40 years old, but you can't get two more opposite movies. Not even the remakes, too, but even the originals. It's Mm -hmm. like Apples and Orange Juliuses. It's two different things. And dare I say, it does speak to the power of horror, uh, just the longevity of it, but also just uh, the various kind of taste of today's horror audiences, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially when you get into a film that is divisive yeah and it's with a lot of the modern horror that we've seen nowadays it i think more than any of it you see more people that either really love it yes or really hate it i i, I think it's because one social media is more prevalent yeah. right but two at this day and age we've grown up with horror all of us even young kids kids are still they're kind of growing up with horror because their parents grew up with horror mm-hmm. and so then you have these people's favorites movies and then again like that movie is great. No, that movie is bullshit, you know? But it definitely seems a lot more now, especially with the newer movies. Yeah. Right at hurry, it's, you know? Well, we mentioned before this the, the, the danger of the hyperbole. Yeah. And just be, like you said, with the social media, that's all it does. And you hear, and for the most part, you're going to hear the negative and the positive. Mm-hmm. Um, in this particular film, definitely, we, there was a lot of fanfare from the festivals that it played. Oh, yeah. But, and the way we're going to do this here is, as we do with all the um, our reviews with movies that are still in the theater we're going to basically offer our non-spoiler review mm-hmm. of the film and then we're going to give you a warning and then we're just going to release the kraken yes this is we are uh, i guess uh finish off the dance right. if you will yes the pirouettes so i should say this and i'm just going to say um you know the biggest probably gripe i heard with people is why does the original suspiria need to be remade mm-hmm. well that goes with everything right yeah and, and ultimately also i always say this number one you know the re- whatever we have now does not take away the original exactly it's always going to be there and it's interesting for me i've kind of got a, a really weird history with the film mm-hmm. because it's one of those that i remember when i first saw the original 
I, I, I didn't like it. Yeah. Just, and for the most part, it was because I, I don't really think I understood it. Right. It was probably one of my first tastes of international horror. Mm-hmm. It didn't really adhere to a specific template that I was familiar with, so I kind of dismissed it. Yeah. But it was down the line, later years, I started to revisit it more and more. And even within like the past three years, I've gone from really liking it to at this point now, I'm really kind of kind of loving kind of loving it yeah da, 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 da. i'm loving it <laughs> right well but then again i think it's that goes back to a, a once again a lot of different arguments of it there's some movies that you need to be older to appreciate to get i mean you you know like suspiria especially because if you're like eight nine ten in a horror you know and digging shit and like in the slashers and the monsters and stuff you get thrown this jello movie you don't know what the fuck is going on you know it's totally not what you're used to but when you get older and your tastes get a little bit more seasoned you know sophisticated right your palate gets a little bit more complex then that's when you can dig the bright colors the music the what the fuckery of jello and a lot of other ones you know well that's what's really funny is because i definitely think (coughs) this one is it's not beginning horror it's advanced horror yes this is something you don't really you're not going to jump headfirst into suspiria ideally (laughs) as a first-time horror fan right but i can imagine but maybe i know maybe but this is also a film that i know i've got some hardcore horror fans that i know that just they don't really like Suspiria the original yeah yeah and a lot of them will say a lot of them will say hey I just don't get it it's not for me it's too silly it's too crazy and that's I get that Mm -hmm. I totally get that's kind of how I approached it initially right and like I said through repeated viewings I've really grown to just really appreciate the absurd elements of it right Um, I've I've come to appreciate just that you know the beauty of the film Mm -hmm. the fact that you've got dance you know it's a a film set in a dance school where dancing is really just not necessarily a big thing at all exactly there's (laughs) more mysteries to be solved yes you know (laughs) but that's what's funny though because and also the fact that you know the the original suspiria it's crisp it's brief man Mm -hmm. i mean it hits all those points really fast and it's big and it's bright oh it's what's beautiful it is it's a beautiful film big bright and beautiful it's it's the other three b's of horror there we go but it's great because then it's it's really funny because the fact that I've grown with such this crazy relationship that on the day this episode is going to be released, I'm going to be seeing Suspiria again on the big screen, the original. Mm-hmm. But this time, actually, going to be lucking out. It's going to be uh, Claudio Simonetti is going to be performing the score for Suspiria. <sighs> In front of us, just in front, and then he's gonna play like a half hour set afterwards. Luck, lucky. I, but I'm so I'm just like, oh my god. And so I'm yeah. like, I'm gonna not be that guy like it's at the show. It's like, you know, play some Skinner or anything. <laughs> but so it's gonna be like free bird. I'm gonna be like play demons, right? Right. <laughs> you got a little phenomenon there. Yeah, exactly. You know, break out Tenebrae. <laughs> I don't want to be that, but it's like I wonder what he's gonna play. Yeah, exactly. It's but gonna, I, you know, but you know, whatever he's gonna play, he can play fucking Pop Goes the Weasel, and it's gonna be good. It's gonna be weird. And it's yeah, gonna be good. It's gonna be great. Yeah. yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. But it's great how the fact that that night you could actually go and see the new remake, and then that evening check that out. Right. Exactly. That's so. Thank case, you, Screenland Armor, for that. Yeah, that's fucking dope. And I do take pictures. Oh, indeed. indeed. Pictures. Well, only a few because I'm gonna try to just lose myself in the music there. Just immerse. Well, and that's because that's what. Suspiria. Are you ready to kick it? You know, <laughs> <laughs> the fucking the three witches come out. Dun 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 dun. Let's a party, right? And just. Go. 
Uh, it's now it's not going to be even a tenth <laughs> as good as it should be based on your version of Claudio Simonetti's Goblin. Or I, I guess in this case it'd be. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like if you know it was Genius McGee's <laughs> right presents. It'd be like Bridge Troll. Exactly, Cheddar Goblin. It, there it is. There it <laughs> or is. Or the Troll Toll. <laughs> uh, but I mention all of this because ultimately the remake is a film that could not be more different Mm-mm. than the original exactly and i know a lot of fans of the original that were having issues with the fact that suspiria is being remade and i've heard from them but this is another film now that has been you know in the general populace for a while and it's very divisive exactly so much so that i know we kind of have some differing opinions mm-hmm. here so ultimately i'm just going to throw it out here and again this is our non-spoiler review so we're not going to get too crazy detailed here right but genius uh what were your thoughts on suspiria i i liked it liked um it was all right i mean i enjoyed it for what it was but there was too many things that did not work for me okay i mean not to the point where i'm like you know what here's no the no thing. it's okay it's okay we can get the laundry list out here here's the thing so like whether i like it or not it all depends on whether or what i recommend this movie to people i can't I can't really, without a lot, a lot of caveats. You know what I'm saying? I'm but that's like, kind of you can kind of say the same thing with the original Suspiria, though. Oh, exactly. But more so with this, especially people because they have there's reference. You know, with the original Suspiria before the remake, you could say the same thing, but there was no other point of reference. I mean, unless they knew Giallo movies, but mm-hmm. you know, normies don't. But this one, it, there's already stipulations put on it, already pressure put on it upon the thing, and they could be so more different. And I'd almost kind of have to know what they kind of like to really say, yeah, you should go see it. Or no, fucking don't worry about it. You'll be fine without seeing it. Would you recommend this to the casual horror fan? No. I, I, I couldn't recommend it to the casual horror fan. I couldn't recommend it to the hardcore horror fan. I'd, ha- I'd recommend it to the intellectual horror fan. I'd recommend it to the art house crowd. Art house horror? Art house horror, exactly. I don't know. And I couldn't recommend it to normies without saying, look... Uh, it gets, it gets weird, but it, it it's, it's super slow. Well, and I can only imagine, that's one of the, probably the biggest criticism that I have, if anything, of the film. And I do have a few, few gripes with it. Overall, I really enjoyed it, mm-hmm. uh, more so that I'm not saying that I loved it, but I, I've seen it twice. Yeah. So, you know, put that into context there. But you mentioned there were a few things that you had against it. So the time, definitely. <sighs> And you, you want to talk about, again, films that are so tonally different from each other, mm-hmm. you know, where you get the beautiful colors in, suspi- in the original, and in this one, it's very drab, it's very dreary. Very bleak. Very much so, um, with the uh, Berlin setting as well, and also with the with the new one, mm-hmm. is with the original, it's very much a, a Alice in Wonderland, very yeah. much a fantasy setting. This remake is all about real-world politics, real-world issues in Berlin in 1977. Yeah. And, I mean, it colors the entirety of the film. So do you think maybe that maybe turned people off as well? I think think so. I I think, like... The fact that they, one, if you don't know the time period, you're gonna get lost. That's it's not even gonna affect you, you know. So the context is lost. Mm-hmm. Also, the fact that like once again, the, the, the just the timing, the the fact that it's so long. That's why I don't know if I could, like I said, or say, hey, this is cool. You like this? I mean, because there's slow burns, 
and they're slow burn. This is a two and a half hour long film, and it's just indulgent. We, we've always talked about how we really love a film at this point that can be ninety minutes yeah. or you know maybe an hour and forty. Mm-hmm. But yeah, at this point, and I will say this: both of the neither of the times that I went and saw it was I bored with the pacing. Actually, the pacing really worked for me. However. It is a taxing film. Yeah. And and the reason I liked it so much is it actually throughout the entirety of the film I was very unsettled. Um and it was either, and it was a lot of it was through ultimately kind of the the viewpoint of uh, Dakota Johnson's Susie Banyan character mm-hmm. because that's the other thing as well is that dance is so much more involved in this film. Oh yeah. So much so more versus the original, like I said, where it's just kind of a passing thing. The dancing and the choreography in this film was almost a character in and of itself. Well, it was the spells. Yes, that's what was really kind of a cool. Yeah. The fact that they were weaved into each other that way. Right. There's a lot of there's a lot of. Okay, so when I say I liked it, I'm telling I I I did. I begrudgingly liked Mm -hmm. it. There's a lot of things that I can give extreme praise for. There was a lot of great ideas, a lot of great things going on in that movie. But like you said you didn't get bored. I didn't get bored, but I don't know if it was because I had a big lunch or what, but I was find myself like had a spell put on you starting to slowly well that's the other thing is ultimately it's not a fast-paced film no i mean it takes a nice slow dirge for the Mm -hmm. most part it gives you more character and that's the other thing is this is very much a narrative driven film unlike the original and but but like the original too it's also very pretty Oh, oh, yeah. It's extremely pretty. Just because pretty. you don't have the vibrant colors doesn't mean it's not a gorgeously shot film. Right. There, There's remarkable scenes of beauty and horrific beauty. Um, and it, it like the original. But once again, two totally different things. And if, <laughs> if you're going in, okay, right off the bat, if you're going in expecting a straight remake for, of Suspiria or an American Jallo or something, you will be greatly disappointed. Well, I'll ask you this. Would you call it a remake or maybe a reimagining? It's definitely a reimagining. It is definitely a reimagining. Just took the bare bones of it and made something new. Well, to me, though, that's what a remake should do as well, though. Uh, I agree. I agree. It's wholeheartedly you want to tell a different story. But at the same time, it's like it's the same bare bones story, but it's almost like a whole different animal. And it's hard. It was hard to like it was it, it was. After, after, during the viewing, it wasn't hard to separate the two. It was really easy because it's own different animal. But upon reflection on it, it's hard to like not get those two mixed up because they're so similar, but yet so extremely so different. But there's a lot of different um, connective tissues in between and a lot of different things that I think were unintentional mm-hmm. or maybe even intentional with how they handled homage to some of the other to the the past one well and what i found interesting the fact that i didn't really see all that I, too many things to actually blind me where i was like i was just like oh that's just overindulgent on the uh, little homages in fact well, let's just talk about those really quickly mm-hmm. the ones that i did catch mm-hmm. that again if you didn't see the original i don't think it would take you out but um did you notice the barbed wire room mm-hmm. <laughs> which go back to the original like, you want to talk about absurdity when you fall into a barbed wire room, exactly. but in the remake, there's actually the room that where all of the girls 
I, um, I'm never, I, you know what? That's more. That's spoilers. Let's go into spoilers. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. sorry. I am going. Uh, to you spoilers know what? Here's here. the thing. I was even thinking about talking. It's it would be very hard pressed to talk about this movie non spoilerific because okay. almost I can. We can do this. We can do this. So okay. initially, here let's talk a little bit about the cast. Okay. Because I think also one of the strongest things in this film is the cast, and what ultimately made me more invested in the characters mm-hmm. is the strength of the cast. Okay, Tilda Swinton's the VIP of this movie, yeah. I, absolutely. But I got to give Dakota Johnson her dues. She did fantastic. She played it well. She played it straight, and she played it like intense with a soft beauty to it. You know, it. it she was. She was. Uh, Tilda Swinton was haunting, but she was ethereal. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that aspect. They. She did fantastic. What did you? I know I'm totally on board. Actually, every shot of Tilda Swinton's character when oh, she's just yeah. gazing into you and just smoking. Yeah, she. That Tilda Swinton is. Oh, yeah. And the fact that she and this is actually not a spoilers. You know, she plays multiple characters in the film. I think that's one of those things that if you don't know that, you won't. That's not another thing that's going to take you out of the film. But if you do know that in advance, you're kind of looking for some of the seams. Now, I wasn't really because I was lost into the story at that point. But I know that you said at certain points that kind of was one of those things that kind of stuck out to you. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 old man was one of my main beefs, and I can't talk about him without going spoilers. But no, if you did not know, finding out later, you'd be like, wow, she did great. And then on this one, actually, I'm thinking, wow, she did great because I wasn't taken out knowing the fact that it was her mm-hmm. as the old man. I was like looking at him like, wow, she's doing a great job being an old man. She's she's a fantastic old man. She's a great actor. I mean, right. she fit right in with uh, you know, in Coming to America mm-hmm. in uh, you know, a bad grandpa kind of oh, film. Oh, I would love to see like her in a goofy comedy see, where she that plays kind of like old person like cinematic universe. Yes, Tilda <laughs> Swinton's version of the clubs. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> Make she it happen. Every character in the movie. <laughs> I'd see that. Me too. This turns out this was actually just an audition tape for that entire <laughs> cinematic universe to come together. It's her and Kate Blanchett and they're just like oh wow mixing up and you won't know who's who or what's what or what's what or what's going on that'd be fan that needs to happen make it happen that Hollywood. needs to happen uh the tom york score is another point of contention with a lot of people as well which mm-hmm. i found interesting because i'm not necessarily the biggest radiohead radiohead fan i enjoy them mm-hmm. um, i don't go out of my way to to see them or anything like that if they're on the radio hey i'll listen to them enjoy them but a lot of people are either just completely offended with this score or they really enjoy it. And I enjoyed it. I actually, I thought it added a lot to it because mm-hmm. yeah, it's tough to have to actually, because you know you're being compared yeah. to one of the all-time great Absolutely. scores. It's, so it's got to be rough. But ultimately, this one felt a little bit more melancholy oh, yeah. than menacing as kind of the original does. Mm-hmm. So I think that airs to, again, the difference that we see in tone. But what did you think on that one? Okay, so one... Um, I was telling you, not not falling asleep, but I was kind of like losing attention and kind of dozing off and yeah. trying hard to stay awake. And that one of the main facts is like, ta, 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 ta. It's so like melancholy, though. And the pro- I liked the score. Once again, the score, I liked the score because I do like Radiohead. Again, like if it comes on the radio, I mean, I have OK, uh, okay computer, mm-hmm. right? And uh, all this. So um, when... <laughs> It either for me the either the music was one hundred percent perfect and spot on and it was just like wow this is just adding to the scene or everything and it's great or it was like this is so out of place this is I don't know there was just some parts where I was like this music it seems almost too sad to be 
in something that should be scary. You know what I'm saying? Especially it wasn't in, setting the mood right. Right, this, right, right, right. And and making me kind of fall asleep. Just just not because I wanted to, it's just because it was it was so like da, 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 you know. Well, not to get too regional here, but I overheard someone saying something along the lines it was two ninety six point five of it. Which I guess because I'm not the biggest radio listener, that one kind of went over my head. But I'm like, okay, so I guess that's. But I guess for for a lot of people, it's one of those things that just really turned them off from it. So, but I enjoyed it. I actually enjoy. Kind of, there's a few of them actually that when the the witchery starts mm-hmm. hitting in, it's just like this. Kind of had like a Fabio Fritzy kind of feel to it, which I really enjoyed, and even actually that little. That it's been an earworm and it's been kind of stuck in my head. Right. So it reminded me of my ASMR that I listened to to sleep. I mean, like it really, really did. And I was like, man, <laughs> you're supposed to scare me, not lull me. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. And then when you do add the fact that it is a long film, yeah. And it was just like, ah. It just seemed it was way too long, but there was some good stuff. Like I said, the the the, the main theme is dope. Mm-hmm. I dig the main theme. Um, the dance music was sweet too, when and it worked great. But other than that, it was just like, ah, oh, wake me up, wake me, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's do something peppy. Give me something scary. Give me something. Dun, 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 you know, of which you really don't get a lot of that. No, no, you don't. I mean, you don't even get that in the original so much. Not like a lot of I mean, you get some like bombastic kills. Yeah. And you do in this one too. Well, and that's what's really weird is are they technically kills? At this point, what are we? Okay, we're 20 minutes in. Yeah. And this is actually my transition question here for you, uh, Genius. Would you qualify or classify uh, this remake, reimagining, what have you, of Suspiria as horror? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt. It's horror drama. It's art house horror. We have to subclassify it. Right? It's, it's, but at the heart of it, one, there's some horrific shit. Two, it's all about fucking witches. And that's another thing. That's another thing about the original. The original, like, you knew there was some ill shit going down, but it wasn't until the end when you saw, like, oh, it's witches and they're crazy and they're doing shit. This one, they're like, yeah, we're witches right up front. Let me tell you what's going on. You know what I'm saying? It was, I liked their coven. You know, they had a dope coven. You they see, had a great coven. I mean, you don't see a lot of the coven in the, the OG. There was, no. a lot, there was a lot of additions that, that, if added to the OG, would have made everything way more sensical. Well, that's what I like about this film, actually, is it does give you more character. Yeah. The fact that, and it's, um, my favorite of the witches is Miss Tanner. As played by Angela Winkler, she was the one that kind of had the little Betty Page hair kicking, a little bit older. With the, she the, was unsettling. No, no, that was the mousy one. We'll get into that in spoilers because okay. I want to know if you've figured out what was happening with that particular scene. Uh, but no, we get it. It's a really wonderfully diverse uh, group of actors in this, and that's what I actually I really like that because then you've got the elderly group versus then the youngsters, the students mm-hmm. that are coming through. In fact, this entire film is kind of built around a duality. Um, if you look at like. The real world of Berlin, you know, obviously with the with the wall separating east and west, uh, you actually get um, internal strife with the coven. Mm-hmm. Uh, you even think about like the 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 strife of from Mormonism to the Mennonites uh, with Susie's background, because yeah. that's the other thing with this film too. You get more depth into her background, who she is, where she's coming from, her ties to this 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 dance crew here, right? And what's and so, um, but then sometimes you know what. Like like Mount Baldy said, maybe I'm just too stupid to get it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because well, I'm curious then what are we what is it you feel you're not getting then? I don't know. Is it's it just, just 
there was just some things that I was like, okay, that's cool. But I see a lot of people talking more, more into it than I read into it. Yeah. And so maybe that's where I'm like, okay. It's you know? one of those films that you're going to get into it. What you you're going to get out of it. What you put into it. Yeah, and because there's some things where I'm like hearing things about like how this and that and the other. I'm like, well, there's a lot of things I just didn't get. You know. So let's get into but it. But I liked then. it. But I liked it. So you so you yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm not going to see it again. Okay. Not that, for a long that's time. Fair. Not for that, a long time. I'll probably pick this up on Blu-ray when it comes out. Uh, ID Leva has some good special features on it. Um, mm-hmm. But ultimately, yeah, I really enjoyed this one um, to the point that, again, I saw it twice in the theater. Uh, this is one I would l- recommend seeing in a theater, though, because there's oh, yeah. certain points in the movie that just to hear and see people react, um, it's worth its price right there. So we are going to now go into spoilers. If you have not seen the film from here on out, uh, we'll see you in your dreams, all that kind of good stuff. Go right, and see right. the movie. Uh, it is but playing yeah, in the go, theaters. Go to the see the movie and make up your own mind. Yep. So, But from here on out, we're going to spoil the ever-living great, you know what, out of Suspiria. And so many things to touch upon here. Yeah. I want to start off, I guess, let's go into, I guess, the homages that we see in yeah. the film from the original. Because for me, I didn't see, it didn't actually take me out of the film at all. Some of them were really subtle, like the barbed wire. Mm-hmm. So it, ultimately, you find out they're keeping all the bodies of the, the witches that they've been dis- disposing of here. Because, again, there's internal strife within the coven. Right. And you get one of the the students, actually, and we're going to go into the kill, actually. No, this is where we're going to go here. Well, but what are the, hold on. Before the homage, one of the things that I like I wanted to talk about, the kills and stuff, one yeah. of the homages, was one of the things that really took me out of the movie for a little bit, for just the specialty the scenes. When she's first walking in, you ever know, I talked to you about this on Mike, the, the dubbing. You know, the um in the in the OG movies and all basically all the other Italian movies, yeah, basically anything Italian, they're like, <laughs> like, well, all right then. Well, well, I heard that she's the new girl in school. Well, what about the murders? Do you think that's going to affect it? I don't know. I just want to go out with Tony tonight. You know, just the whole like non-sequitur, overdubbed, like just learning English. You know what I'm saying? And just out of nowhere, off to the left, and just kind of like hidden voices. But we're supposed to be listening to that too because it's giving us context clues. But it just didn't work for me, and it took me out. I'm like, that's. That's a jello thing you don't want to put in. See, and I didn't pick that up at all. Oh, see, I, so oh, it got me every time they're in the school and they were background students. It just sounded so overdubbed. Well, and you mentioned it before. It's it's again what you're bringing into it, what I'm bringing into it, and again how we're interpreting everything. It's it's kind of wild how that works actually, because that's something again I you see it all the time. And actually, well, technically there are a couple of scenes when she's doing the. Are you talking like hallway exposition mm-hmm. as she's going to her room? Yeah, and there's one when she. First comes in and she's in that big white hallway with the big long steps. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm here to audition. Oh, I hear she's the new. All right. Well, then what do we do then? Well, maybe she's going to say, well, she's not staying in my room. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking instead of the wispy, the witchy whispers, it's just, you know, more of a just catty whisper. You know? Right. It just did. It was so like. <sighs> so and you are a person, though, that if something will take you out of the film initially, it, you sometimes have a hard time staying, getting back. Stay on right. target. Right, right, right. And it took me out for those scenes where I was like, uh, I, I just like I almost ignored them. And yeah. I wasn't I didn't want to because there's some of it was integral part of the story, you know. But when the, the whispers were cool, like, 
when they did that, that was cool. But that's like, okay, well, let's go there. And I just ugh. see. I'll have to see it again to see if I can actually seek that out now and see if it actually. It'll probably end up pulling me out of the film now. I'm just gonna have a totally different view of it. Just be all <laughs> negative. Like, no, thanks, genius. But it didn't take me totally out because it was just for those scenes. And then, like, okay, you're done. And then we went on. So it took me out of those scenes. Which sucked because, like, I don't like being taken out of things. Right. And another thing that takes me out that that it didn't take me out of this time was hype. I always have a problem with, with hype and beef. Well, and that's like a, ultimately, I'd heard the hype I heard from this film is that there was a scene in the movie that made people like walk out. They puked. They did this or that. Oh, Which yeah. one was that? It was the initial the, in, the, the dance, tales from the, the hood. The, 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 the really? initial, yeah, really. That was my favorite scene in the whole fucking movie. It's a great. It's a well, what's it's a so. <laughs> We're spoiling everything. So we get her. So um, Susie's initial audition. Mm-hmm. I really like it because number one, they said no music. Just do it from, you know, can you keep the the, the beat in the head? And she's like, where is uh, Madame Blanc it was played by Tilda Swinton? Because that's she's like a rock star, basically. Right. You know, in she's the, the head shit. Yeah. yeah. And what's old. And what I really liked about the film is that when she's doing her her initial audition, it's so powerful that Madame Blanc, you know, senses, senses it. it. Yeah. And she's, and you know, it's Tilda Swinton just get that look and she just gets that look and she looks into the camera and she's like, she's got that sense. Uh-huh. And you get that great shot of like Susie coming up and you see in the reveal of Madame Blanc. Yeah. And I, there's just that initial, and that's what I really liked is the kind of the character interplay between the two. Yeah. Because ultimately as we see, and again, we're just going to go tangent wise where we right. go. As it turns out, there is a mythology built in this film about the three mothers, mm-hmm. three uh, mothers that basically predate all of known man, Christianity, everything in between. The old ones. Indeed. Right. Indeed. And it's um, one of the mothers in the coven is claiming to be Mother Suspirium. Mm-hmm. And as it turns out, it's yeah. Susie. Who, it's the main one. Is, and I really liked that. Okay. Did you enjoy that? I enjoyed that. I didn't see it coming at all. Well, at- I mean, like maybe once again, maybe I just didn't get it, but I was like, oh, she is not bravo. Bravo. I liked that. Well, the hype you also heard about the film is that the last 20 minutes are going to blow your mind that it's going. It's, OK, you're giving me a look. And but that's what that's what everyone was saying. So let's start with that initial. The last 20 minutes was the old man, right? No, no, not the old man. Uh, the the big dance and then oh, you know, oh. Th- nothing blew my mind. Nothing blew my mind. Nothing freaked me out. Nothing made me walk. Nothing even gave me anything of discomfort. A lot and of people talking about how you're talking about how dreadful I was. It was. I was. I had yeah. a sense of dread. It just wasn't unsettled throughout. No, I saw it almost like a drama. And I'm looking yeah. at. It, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. when's the cool shit gonna happen? There it is. That was cool. So we get to our first kill, and it's not even technically a kill, which is, makes it even more cruel. Yes. I fucking, I, I, spur, I perked up, because up until then, the movie was losing me at a very rapid rate. Well, you saw, you, you mentioned it before, that the whole dance in this thing, in this uh, movie is incorporated and tied to spell casting. Mm-hmm. And here we have Susie doing this dance, performing this dance, and it's one apparently that you know, she's watched time and time again, and it's kind of a controversial thing for her to recommend it. And we've got this one dancer that is on her way out, 
and it's uh, Olga. Yeah, because she's talking shit, but she's looking for Chloe Grace Moritz. Yeah, pa- Patricia's character, which actually has a nice little interplay. In the original, we kind of have a character being dispelled from the school mm-hmm. and gets dispatched. And in this case, she, she plays the same character, and her fate is unknown until the end. Right, and she she leaves the school because she knows ill shit's going down. They are the ones that were actually trying to inhabit her. Yeah. In fact, yeah, there's a lot of really interesting themes going on in this film. But ultimately, Olga gets... Uh, carted away into this mirror room which is where all the ill stuff goes down Mm -hmm. and this is where we get our first real instance of true horror yeah and as Susie continues to dance and uh, this isn't a visual podcast but we will all be dancing here Uh but like every intense movement she does yeah it contorts the body it mirrors it mirrors it and 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 it yeah oh it's yeah, it's vile. It's straight out of Tales from the Hood. And the face, oh, when, when the start- face was sliding down and it was dismorphing, it looked Tales from the Hood meets almost the thing. Because yeah. it was, it, and the bones were breaking. The sound design the on sound this was, was really great. good. great. The bones were breaking. The uh, gore was good on that scene. On no, that scene. But that's the one actually but, that I had heard people were reacted to a fest. Now again, People hyping it normies, up, normies, normies that had no, not even normies. If they're freaked out over that scene, right? They're like, oh heavens! You know, the wealthy dowager that just passes out every time somebody thinks any other horror movie coming out has that's been out that's that had something even grosser than that. Although I will tell you that that was fucking cool. It was great. It was great. It was but, great. But it was so sinister at the end is that you realized she's not dead. No, the no. fact that she's still basically just drooling and just, just is just there. But the fact that all the witches were freaked out that she was so powerful, just because they're like, oh, okay, yeah. let's see what she's they got. They all felt it. Yeah, because they're like, okay, oh. we know there's something, something special about this girl because we can sense it. So let's see how her, her untapped real, power. Yeah. Well, this may be the real audition. Right now, here's the thing, and this is again <laughs> goes like into the spoiler. That. Some people are suggesting that Susie knew she was Mother Suspirian from the get go. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of of the opinion that I didn't really thought think she knew immediately. I think it's something that was eventually kind of like she discovered down like almost the, to the very end. See, huh, I think that she was playing them all for fools. So you think she knew from the get go? I think she was playing them all for fools. And then when it came up, that was my initial intake. Looking back on it, I can see where people might think that it kind of just like, oh, yeah, I do got this power. But I think she... I personally think, like, even from the dreams and shit, you know, you're special, you know? I think, like, she knew. She knew a long time ago. Well, because Blanc, at the very end, she realizes something's amiss. Because mm-hmm. she just felt somebody talking shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Okay, if you're claiming to be me, you know, like, if someone is like, and oh, I'm Genius McGee, and I find out about that, I'm like, fuck you. Let me tell you something. So I think that is what well, kind of went down. Well, and the person claiming to be her is Mother Marcos, mm-hmm. who is the other, and she is the one that also is played by Tilda Swinton, mm-hmm. which is under nothing but prosthetics. Right. Which I really like the character design. I know you were, and you actually kind of perverted it in my head, but what did you say it reminded you of? <laughs> Hell Comes to Frogtown? Like, so, I you know, I liked it. I liked the the way the character looked, but I couldn't get... It's a cross between Hell Comes to Frogtown and Pearl from Blade. But frosh it! Right? It was the sunglasses. It was totally... It totally... I just wanted to say, come here, squared lips! You know, just... <laughs> just like, you know... But... And, and, and Tilda Swinton, again, she did a great job with the character. The character was a fun 
some care it was a fun but that's the thing it wasn't scary it was a fun looking character like just like I, 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 <laughs> like a big fat puppet like the Chiodo brothers would make you know well it's so funny because the film is so grounded in reality and then we take this turn and it's almost like they're almost like they're homaging the original as well because when the real actual performance because we've got this great thing where the other Tilda Swinton character is played by it's a uh, oh boy uh, Dr. Joseph. It's the doctor character, basically. Yeah, the old man. And he's. they realize that the their whole idea is they're going to try to transfer the essence of Mother Marcos into one of the students, which mm-hmm. was originally was supposed to be Patricia. Then they were grooming uh, Mia Goth's character. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately they realized Susie was it. So there's well, this whole idea of transference. Um, there's just, again, there's some interesting of, themes going on there. And which didn't, they explained a little bit of it in the original, but they didn't really. Well, and that's just it. There's, there's no bare bone. Nothing. It's all style some, yeah. over substance of the, in the original. And this one, they're substance, establishing yeah, kind of a well, mythology. Mythos, yeah. Um, and they tried to originally put it into Chloe Grace, but then she at first she accepted it, right? But then she goes, "No, this ain't for me. I want to go fight." Mm-hmm. And they're like, "No, you can't fight. You have to stay here." And that's why it didn't work out for her, yeah. which is kind of fucked up that they keep trying all these trying out these students to see who and by spell casting dance. And it was ultimately, and she mentioned she's like, "This is not an ego thing or a vanity thing. Like, I know, look at me, I'm decrepit, and just, but it's like I'm needing to, you know, transfer." And there's that whole idea of free will. You know, do you realize what you're doing? Mm-hmm. And then there's the turn when Madame Bla- when uh, Madame Blank was like, "No, you don't have to do this," because she miss she realizes there's something off. She's the one that's probably more attuned, right? And then that's when all the chaos happens. See, I was thinking that she was. I think that they had a mother daughter relationship going on, and so when she goes, "Hey, no, you're cool." I don't want this woman in you mm-hmm. because I want you to stay. I think you can do good things. And so that's when it was just like when the switch happened and everything going on, I didn't expect it because I thought when I didn't think when she stopped it, it wasn't for she knows there's some ill shit. I thought she stopped it for like genuine care, genuine care. Yeah, I can so. read. I can read that, too. Hmm. But then ultimately, then you get Madame Marco or Mother Marcos doing the chop on on Madame Blank and you get and this is where. <sighs> And this is a this is kind of a bummer for me because then the the excess that you get from here on out with the gore, the crazy nudity, just all the the, the absurdity, it's you get a lot of CGI blood, bad just, CGI it, blood, man. It was Sharknado. It, it was Sharknado quality blood. It, it didn't take me out of the movie. Took but me out. It it kind of harshed my buzz on the film because you just had this this really really cool. Uh, person being contorted then at the just right before the dance scene that girl oh, with the, she the broken broke her leg. leg that was gnarly and as shit it was on the second view and i realized that madame blanc was actually Healing manipulating her, her yeah. as well to get her back into the dance to complete the spell which ultimately didn't work but it that was, so you had those really cool set pieces of gore you had that cool although it looked hokey it was i thought it was cool but it wasn't scary it looked endearing the hell comes to frog town i and, and the, i i thought it would be i think it added just that really otherworldly feel in this real world film that you got this crazy just just gnarly pustulant thing wearing sunglasses right and just leering that mm-hmm but then you have all that cool special effects you have tilda swinton as the fucking old man you have all that which is another beef i got with the special effects but you have all that then you have all of a sudden fake blood 
I mean, just like yeah. goofy fake blood. And this it is took me right out to me. If you're going to do that, if you can make it practical, because then and even when, um, you know, re- Susie realizes she is Madam's mother, Suspirium, and she rips open her chest. If they could have done some sort of a practical effect on that as right. well, I think it would have added more punch to the story mm-hmm. at that point. And then you had the naked old man. And that, first of all, you had the old man makeup and Tilda Swinton killing it, but then there was something about that shot, and it wasn't like, oh, I can't see naked old man. I've seen naked old men before. Fuck. It's Saturday night. But, uh, <laughs> but it, like, it, his head, he looked like he was wearing a mask at that scene because the, the body and the head just did not match. And I don't know if it was because he was supposed to be old or if they CGI'd Tilda Swinton's head on an old, a real old naked old man. Right. I don't know, but it just looked fake. And it and combined with the blood after you and it's like and it's not like if it was like through that throughout the entire movie where the special effects were cheesy and shit, then you can kind of get used to it. But the fact you've had these really good special effects up until then and then on something trivial like blood. Yeah. Well, even just the when that when the whole uh, visage turns red the way it does, it wasn't really. And I don't want it to be beautiful and vibrant, but no. it also it just kind of really muddied the, the exactly, imagery. Exactly, exactly. You had this whole you had this whole movie that relied on imagery, even to its detriment for me. But then in the last minute, you make it just un, almost unseeable. And it's a bummer because everything to that point as it was escalating was just beautiful. Yes, I mean even yes. like the 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 two final performances, the one in public and the one in private, mm-hmm. were still just intense. Uh, the way it was shot and edited. It, but and what's supposed to be the climax winds up to be kind of a bummer yeah. because you you are disappointed in what you got for me. Okay. Yep. For me. For me. For me. For me. Not because of what was going on, but because you couldn't see it that well. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of like I want to see what's going on. There's weird, cool, crazy shit. I've been on this ride up to now. Thrill me, and it was cool. But it, I know that it could have been cooler seeing what they've done before, yeah. like before in the in the same movie. So that's why I was just like, again, like I said, it was still cool. Could oh have been yeah, cooler. oh yeah. No, I I agree. And then ultimately, when she like summons the death thing or what have you to dispatch all the people, because ultimately uh, within the coven itself, they had one point had a vote within to see who uh, would his, lead them mm-hmm. and it's kind of harsh though the fact that everyone voted that voted for marcos ended up being ex- you know having their head, head explode. exploded yeah well which, they followed a false idol and um she had um blanc's back because she didn't go on full like oh yeah well fuck you i'm a real yeah. I'm, I'm it's me and until they blanc got killed yeah and that's also at that point then she just kind of bestows mercy upon then the other students that like what do you want i you know i just want to die she mm-hmm. lets them die. But actually, what's always interesting, too, is the fact that in the original, that there's such that mystery of, you know, are they witches? What's going on here from the get go? Like you mentioned before, there so much those that Susie ends up spying on them when they're messing with the police officers. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, oh, this is cool. like witchery shenanigans. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally. And she's she embraces it. That's what, exactly. Because when she leaves, she's like, yeah, I'm, she doesn't it doesn't freak her out or nope. anything. So do you think also maybe then that's. Since she's Mother Suspirian, she's like, look at my little witch sisters. Right. Look at them. Good They're job. Good them. job. Fine. And another Fuck the police. You know? <laughs> and, and this one does stick it to them almost yeah. quite literally. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which the hooks, which actually became kind of part of the marketing ploy, uh, actually uh, kind of serves a more sinister little piece or more, dare I say, utility 
Mm-hmm. And it's but it's merely just like a literal just, meat hook, just to pick them up and take Ugh. them all somewhere. Ugh. It was, it was kind of like a, once again, kind of a bummer. You think that this was something like this was made from the rib of some or something like that, but not just a meat hook. Just that that's what it does. Utility handle. Let's go. I mean, they're carrying around these contorted sacks of meat oh. like they're fucking luggage. It's you know so impersonal yeah but i like when she goes hey you want to live she goes yeah i want to live okay cool you're good Mm -hmm. you know i mean she was she was a fair and just evil demon witch god so well and also just the the crazy turnover that they have because then the next day all the dancers like oh we shouldn't have drank all that wine so they're you know calling it over as just you know hangover and then which are shenanigans yeah and then everyone else no they've just disbanded Mm-hmm. It's it's to me that's unsettling as well. But also something else that I love is just how everyone involved in the dance crew, which is what have you, they love to smoke, and they're smoking Dances while they're teaching, smoking on the dance floor, yep. like, and I, that just it just Tilda Swinton went through a pack a day, just like she just has that elegant way that she's holding yeah. the cigarette. I'm like, man, if I smoked, I want to smoke like that. You know, it's like either that or maybe Travolta in uh, Broken Arrow. <laughs> it's so weird. No, like except as opposed to me. F- <laughs> doesn't work as well there right so I, cool i don't know here uh, final thoughts here as we wrap things no, up no we talked we missed something one of my i got a, oh, nope. i got a major beef with this uh, one. you've got a lot of beef with this film I let's do. lay it out let's I lay do. it out this movie was too goddamn long this movie was way too goddamn long two and a half hours unnecessary there's so much stuff that could have been cut out that wouldn't even hurt the story for example that old fucking man that old man we did not need to see his day-to-day life in real fucking time you know what i'm saying it's like i left my book at the office let me go back to my office and go so he goes so we see him going to the train station we see him on the train we see him we watch him walk down the road up to his apartment up to the thing gets his book then we see him go down to the stairs go down back on the thing back on the train then in a motherfucker this two and a half hour movie could have been an hour and a fucking half if you didn't focus on the old man see well this is where i i I I appreciate what he did with that because I think ultimately when you're trying to find the protagonist of this film for the most part you really think it's pretty much Susie mm-hmm. but also you get a lot of the film through his view as well right and I think ultimately that kind of shows you he's a creature of habit and his habit at this point is this delusion that drives him that he might one day find his wife because he's you know kept up this townhome in the hopes that one day it's still there that it's going to be their their rendezvous rendezvous point you know so for me i think that's part of it he's 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 stuck in that that mode but also i think that ends up blinding him from the stuff that you know patricia's going through because if you notice that whole thing that he kind of he's writing everything down as delusions uh he's very much very rational and science based mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that almost one of the charges that the witches come after him at the very end when they have him witness they're like you wouldn't listen to anyone, especially women. Like, so I think there's, there's, I think there's, there's something to be said there for that in his journey. Well, I, I understand that. And I agree with you. I mean, like, okay, one, I didn't get the fact that he wanted to see his wife from the start. I know yeah, under- it wasn't right. until like, he goes, sees the cottage and then like, Oh, okay. Um, when he's like, Oh, I miss Andy. I forgot her name. Okay. 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 Um, I miss Anke. Um, but then, and I appreciate the story. I appreciate the, his journey, but we don't have to see it every fucking step of the way is what I'm saying. I mean, okay, I left my... He's in his office. I left my book at the townhouse. I'll go go back and get it. Cut. Fade to black. Fade up. 
He's at walking down the street. And he's at his townhouse. We don't need to see the journey of the old man. And he's first of all, but first of all, he did a really Tilda Swinton did a great job being an old man because he walked like an old man and he acted like an old man. But once again, I don't need to be at the pace of an old man. You know what I'm saying? This it was just too fucking long, unnecessarily long. I I do agree that you know you again going as completely opposite from the original as you can right from a film that barely clocks at 90 minutes and quick to this cuts one. quick cuts quick cuts as opposed yep. to <laughs> and also the fact that it is laid out in six acts and your epilogue and it was the epilogue in and of itself because if you would maybe end it and actually there is a little bit of levity in this movie there's very little levity very little but, but some. the very end though after the entire performance has happened after all the gnarly shit has happened they're walking him out and there's that little bit where she's like oh watch your step there dear and it was just after him witnessing as a witness Horrible all of that shit, stuff yeah. and then finally she's like oh watch your step hmm. I, I actually both times someone in the audience laughed, so I was like, "Okay, that's good," because I needed that. There was some, but like I, like I said, I dug the old man. I yeah. dug his character, it, but mm. no. But I, I do agree. Then, then you get the entire. So if you would have cut off there, I think you would have been okay. But then you get the epilogue, and the epilogue adds a little bit more to that. Then, which you still get more of the routine. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if they would have just once again, if they just would have cut epilogue he's in his sleep in his bed she comes out of nowhere like hey like what do you want mm-hmm. do you want to forget or do you want to remember everything right. and he goes i want to forget that was bittersweet and sad for me i really enjoyed that because it was like okay nobody really won once again kind of yeah. like kind of like upgrade remember upgrade mm-hmm. we were talking about now he's spoilers for upgrade yeah. where, where he was living his dream world and so basically, this man forgot everything that made him sad. So now is he happy? Yeah, or but that was everything that made him who he that was. That made him who he was. Yeah. So that's why it was extremely like bittersweet because yeah. he got what he wanted, but it's also like, nobody really won. Yeah. Like even the lady, did you want to live or die? I want to live. That she don't live good, yeah. you know. So she lives better than that meat sack, but not optimal. So it was a good ending. I liked it. I don't think like people like oh that old epilogue was unnecessary. I don't think it was a superfluous epilogue. No, I no. think. But once again, trim it up a bit. This movie, this movie needed to trim really, really bad. It's I, the seventies. What can you do? Right, Betty, <laughs> hit a suit, hit a suit age. Uh, I just thought like it would have been better had it been an hour and a half. Yeah. I would even go with two hours. Yeah. If you can give me right at two hours. I'll go with two hours. I'll be indulgent. We can be indulgent. I'm good with that. Mandy's indulgent as shit. And I love the hell out of that movie. You know? And that was another almost two and a half hour movie. Mm -hmm. But it was quick. Mm -hmm. This one. Yeah. It's, this is an again like you said art house horror not for everyone right but I did like the beginning the fact that it's it didn't say um, Luca blah 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 and somebody rather presents mm-hmm. an epilogue and or they six acts and epilogue you. I liked that yeah. and then the transitions like act two act three act four and then there was no you never saw the title but you did see one of the very very top after they said that and I was like that's kind of cool yeah. there was some very cool shots too many of them <laughs> but very cool shots I mean, it is an artfully made film obviously an art house horror I, you know what? I'm glad I saw it in the theater. And that's the other thing, too. What I'm really happy here is here in the Kansas City area, just kind of humble brag, if you will. But uh, I got to see it at the Alamo and at Screenland. Mm-hmm. And I, one of the things I'd heard about people complaining is that it's just not getting a big theatrical release. So I'm glad that I was able to see it and support it in two different local theaters. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank Pretty you, dope. Screenland. Thank you, Alamo, for that. Mm-hmm. So I guess, you know, final thoughts here as we wrap things up on Suspiria? 
I know I've been shitting on it. <laughs> I mean, like a lot of shit. But I, like I said, I enjoyed it. But barely. But yeah. go see it for yourself or don't. Yeah. I mean, this is one of those movies that if you don't want to see it no. or it ain't, it don't look like your cup of tea, you will be fine not seeing it. And it has done nothing at all to the original. Exactly. It still exists. It's still exactly. amazing. You know, with or without the classic score that I'll be listening to when this is, uh, you know, being dropped there. It's going to be good. Going to be good. So until, you know, we had the Buck Flower hologram for Carpenter. And so I'm trying to think of with like uh, Simonetti here. What would be the uh, the appropriate uh, hologram with some Italian horror? Because you, you wouldn't even need a Jessica Harper hologram. Maybe if she popped out and like sung a song. There we go. Oh, that'd be oh. amazing. Yeah, that'd be good. That would be good. Uh, so until that time, gang, uh, this is Greg D. <laughs> I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. Yeah.